Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And we are coming to you from the Waco Convention Center in Waco, Texas. Where we're at the Teach Them Diligently Convention. And if you didn't make it over here, you can still catch us at Teach Them Diligently Mobile and Atlanta and FPA in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And HEAV in Virginia. Don't forget NCHE in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And AFHE in Phoenix, Arizona. So y'all get out and meet us at one of these conferences. We love meeting you guys. So we are having a great weekend here, and we ran into one of our old friends, Shona Lopez, and she has some very interesting stories to share with us. We want to talk just about a really critical current event topic. We want to talk about adoption and parenting trauma kids and how that how that affects us in churches and homeschool groups. You may never adopt, but I bet you'll have a friend that does. And the question is, what can you do to minister to these families to help them succeed in a struggle that a lot of people don't even recognize? So, hi, Sean. It's so good to have you with us. Thank you. Love you guys. Good to see you again. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. We, Sean and her husband welcomed us into their home. We've stayed with them before. We've seen them in real life and have a lot of respect for them. <laughs> you know, see me with no makeup and dirty hair. That's you, what you're saying. And yes. you see me the same way, honey. <laughs> you know, I'm really interested, Shauna, because Shauna and I are in a Facebook group together. We've shared a lot. And I've heard her story. And I one of the concerns Helen and I have is that people are not recognizing, particularly among Christians, that kids who have been through trauma react to parenting differently. Yes. Well, as you know, our story is a very, it's a deep one. It's a hard one. It's, it's one that people don't always take as an actual thing that is common, right? So they think, well, it's an exception to the rule and it isn't. And they yes. can find it at adoptionishard.com for the whole story. It's all listed there. But people don't realize that trauma in any form, but especially in children who have been taken from their parents, whatever the age, for instance, people think infants, well, they'll never know anyone else, but they do because bonding happens in the womb. So trauma to that young of a brain alters the brain. It alters the chemistry and it alters their development. So what does that mean to you and me? It means that they will not respond to conventional parenting methods in the way that our biological kids would easily respond. You know, something that David French, who writes for National Review, David French has an adopted daughter. And I heard him say is that you have to recognize any adoption, even within a family, any adoption starts with some sort of of catastrophe. Yes. You know, children don't end up adopted unless there's been some loss, right. some trauma, some trouble in that young life. And, and that's really the thing because when a child undergoes trauma, it undermines their trust. Yes. Because, you know, my kids who've been raised in my home from the very beginning, from when they were in, in the womb, they know yes. in a deep foundational way that we're never going to hurt them. Right. And that they're safe. Or leave them. Or leave them mm -hmm. and that they are safe. And that they are safe. Because bonding happens in the womb, as we know. So many studies have shown that bonding happens in the womb, both with mom and baby, family and baby, because we know that they can hear voices. We know that they understand different tensions and stresses within the mom in the womb. And as parents, 
we know we've got nine months that we bond and we're waiting for this and we're anticipating in most cases, mm -hmm. but not all. And the ones that don't do that's why, again, for us, when we adopted three-month-old twins, we thought they'll only ever know us as their parents. But that wasn't true because no. they had a family for three mm -hmm. months yes. plus nine months. So for a full year, they had a whole other family, whole other sounds, whole other voices, whole other stressors and non-stressors and feelings. Mm -hmm. And then to go from hospital with mom. Three days later, taken from that environment, those smells, those voices, those environmental contributors mm -hmm. to foster mom for three months, different sounds, different smells, different voices, and then placed in our home, different sounds, different smells, different voices. And we think, what's the big deal? There's no way. Their brains are rapidly developing during those times. And mm -hmm. when trauma after trauma after trauma, and all of those things are traumas to a young child. It changes the chemistry of their brain and the way that they respond. How on earth could they expect to feel safe when everything keeps changing over and over and well, over? Well, you know, we've seen that to a degree in one of our children who was very ill right, right after birth and had a lot of emergencies, very terrifying emergencies. And, you know, I initially thought, well, this isn't going to be, affect her long term because this child was born. Yeah, thank and, heavens this happened when she was so little. She'll right. never remember. Never remember. But I saw myself in the years after that, it had tremendously affected her. And her reactions were different than our other children. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've really got to recognize that, first of all, that the typical parenting advice, the parenting advice we give yes. mm -hmm. about how to discipline a young child, you can't take that same advice with a child who's been traumatized. Now, listen, people, because some of you are going to want to shut us off right now. Mm. You're going to think, wait just a minute. You know, spare the rod, spoil the child. Let me tell you something. Yes, the word tells us to how to deal with rebellion and how to deal with mm -hmm. children who disobey. Yes. Right. But what we've got to recognize is that when we deal with that way with our with children who've been safe from the beginning, those kids know they're okay. They know right. they're safe. They know everything's gonna be all right. They have that bedrock trust. But when you deal the same way with the child who has been traumatized and who that has been taken from if it was yes. ever even there. Yes. Right. And especially those have been traumatized over years sometimes. Yes. When you try to deal with them the same way, they don't have that trust. No one's going to hurt them. Instead, they freak out. They fight or flight. Yes. They, they literally go into self-preservation mode, even as young as months old. Well, that's a, that's a good thing you brought up there because, you know, we've had some friends who had a very difficult experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that, that they said, you know, was that it's, it's almost as if this child would not attach. It's almost right. as if this child was always on his own. Rebelled against attaching. He saw himself as an individual and he's got to defend himself because there's nobody out there for right. me. There's nobody that's a safe harbor. I don't have anybody that I can trust. It's all about me. And yes. that's, and that's, you know, that's something which I guess develops in that trauma situation where, mm -hmm. you know, you they feel like. They kind of protect themselves. Again, like, it's the feelings. Yeah. It's yeah. the feelings. Again, they're not going to remember typically, especially even at a, as a two-year-old, because one of the children that we adopted was two. He's not going to remember, again, words. He's not going to remember, oh, what you said, but he remembers the tones of voices that were used. He remembers the feelings that he or she had during those times, and they go straight into to preservation. I've got to protect mode. myself. I've got to protect myself. Even if, and especially if someone is coming and nurturing him, 
which undoubtedly mothers did if it in the womb, but then that's ripped from me. Yes. And I don't want anyone nurturing me. I will nurture myself. I will provide for myself. And, and when you see that happening, then you see the extremes of behavior. And, and then lots of times people step in with bad advice because they've seen what works with their kids who've been yes. safe from the beginning. And they said, well, if you would just... Yes. You just if you would just spank him, if you would just do this, yes. if you were just strict enough, right. he would be okay. But but really strictness sometimes responds the opposite way with these yes. kids. Yes, as does love. And yeah. what I mean by that is we were uh, criticized very highly in very many different ways during our time with adoption. And I'll remember people telling me, well, if you just hugged them enough, if you just loved them enough they would respond to you. And the problem with that is, on many levels, is a child who has this trauma, a child who, who has been hurt or harmed, they will mm-hmm. use love, quote unquote, mm-hmm. as a bargaining tool. They, we had one that would resist it. You would go to hug and every muscle in his body would tense to the point where you thought, what is about to happen? We also had one that responded in the opposite, that used love, affection, mm-hmm. cuteness to gain people's trust and control of them. Manipulation. Manipulation. And so what happened was then we would have to, we knew these things. We watched and we knew. And so we treated each one accordingly. Right. But people from the outside looking in would go, oh, I've never seen you hug her. Or I don't think you're hugging her enough. And that's why she's responding that way. Well, well now, wait a minute, you're just telling me that you're treating these kids differently, even though you've adopted them and they're now your children. Mm-hmm. How, why would you be treating them any differently than your biological any kids? Any differently. And you know, it's so, I had that question posed to me in quite all seriousness. Yes. I've had that question posed to me. And I think, and, and there were several months, if not years where I said, right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Then I, I've got to. And, it would just explode in horrible behaviors, explode in all sorts of different, more traumas piled on, not to mention mm-hmm. the traumas and the effects that it would have on our biological children. Yes. And so I then realized I can't. And here's the reality. In your families, in my families, in your listeners' families, even within your different children's ages, you treat your children differently according to who they are and their yes. personalities. Yes. Yeah. We like to think we have blanket rules, but let's be honest, we really don't when it comes down to it. And this is a whole level of different. Now, a couple of things I want to say up front before people freak out is we're not saying don't adopt. Adoption is amazing. And yes. God adopts us. It's God ordained. And, yes, it honors we, God. It represents we, Christ in the church. It's, yes. it's wonderful. What we're saying is be prepared. Yes. Be prepared. Be, be ready. Educated. Be educated. And not just what the state requires right. of you, mm-hmm. but be educated beyond that. We have to go beyond trauma that. Kids. We have to go beyond that. And the reality is when we were trained, mm-hmm. we went through all the state requirements. In fact, above and beyond what the state required. Mm-hmm. We did very little research beyond that, though, because according to them, and the certificate tells me I am deemed educated, I am prepared. Right. What we didn't know was that trauma and attachment disorders are real. Yes. Yeah. And 
You can call it anything that you want, but the reality is if you don't know what these are, you have no way to combat them when they when they come up, and they inevitably will. Yes. Mm, you know, the thing that kind of keeps coming to my mind, and I need to phrase this carefully, Yes. is the term adoption is used pretty carelessly in some mm -hmm. other contexts. You know, when you talk about adopting a child, people also talk about adopting a pet. Yes. And I think... Sometimes those things get blended in people's minds and they think we select a puppy from a litter, we select a baby from right. the orphanage or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's all going to work the it's same. Ours. And we don't think, you know what, that child's gone through a trauma, that puppy is not. Mm -hmm. That child is an individual with a soul, and that soul has been harmed early in yes. life, and that changes everything. And you yes. can't just think, well, I mean, it's just, it's just a simple transaction because it's not. It isn't. And, and one thing I want to say, too, is that we've got to understand this because the results of not understanding it are extreme behavior on a level most people can't imagine. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who had an, an adopted child set fires in their house repeatedly. Yes. yes. Uh, another one who had a, the child physically injure her mm -hmm. biological children. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we see extreme animals it, it, harming yeah. animals. And we see extreme behavior on the parents' part too yes, to try to overcorrect because what because what now things How are going do I out, of out of control, crazy extreme behavior, and we see tragedies, sometimes tragedies that result in death. Yes, and yes. so so this is important, and it's important to understand if you're adopting. It's important to understand if you even have friends that are adopting, and that's something I want to talk to after the break. Yes, yes. But, so for the adoptive parent who is thinking, or the parent who's thinking, I want to adopt. Yes. Before we go to the break, I want you to tell me, what resources would you tell them to seek out? Well, what I would most importantly say, first of all, is get all the training that you can, that your state offers. If your church offers training, take that up too. But one most critical thing that I really wish that we had looked into was attachment. Att what is attachment? Because here's the reality. People think that, it's a fairy tale and that these children are going to be so grateful that you took me in and I love you and I would have been all alone. They don't feel that way. They don't understand that. And they don't, in many cases, even want you or want to attach to you. Are they, are they aware of that, consciously aware of that? Certainly not in most cases. But they know that what you're doing, I don't want any part of. And so had we known about it, had we known the steps that you could take to foster bonding, we may have had a much different outcome than we did. Wow. Well, okay. Well, look, we want to carry this on further, but we need to take a break and thank our sponsor. So yeah. And after the break, we want to talk about what your, what you can do when your friend's adopting, when someone in your church is adopting, how can you support them in a way that helps and not hurts? Okay. So stay with us. We'll be back right after this message. We want to invite you to come check out craftsmancrate.com. Mm -hmm. That is our subscription box, mm -hmm. the subscription box to build your skills. And it has, it teaches you artisanal skills, real life, adult skills that you use for hobbies the rest of your life. Oh, we've had things like, we've had, we've had a box to teach wood carving. We had a box to calligraphy. teach calligraphy. We've got a really neat one coming out this month. And, so, and so, yeah, if you want to, want to know some more about this, trust me, you want to know some more about this, yeah. Go to craftsmancrate.com, and you can find out all about it there, craftsmancrate.com.
right, well, welcome back. We are talking about adoption and attachment and parenting and, and how mysterious this whole process is with our friend Shauna Lopez, who has, has been through it. And you have a website called adoptionishard.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Check it out, folks. In this part, I really want to talk about adoption not from inside the family, but from outside the family, right. because that can make that can make or break an adoption, even yes. though they're not adopting. Yes. Well, again, if if you go to adoptionishard.com, our family story is there, and you will see that we struggled with that firsthand. We struggled with our close friends who we've had for years, best friends who did not understand. Sort of like I I, I liken it to Job's friends, mm. sort of offering advice and me going, I am doing everything. I'm I. I'm not sinning in this area. I'm doing the right thing according to everything that I knew. But their advice was, no, you've got to be this and this and that. And so what I would suggest to people is if adoptive family is struggling or even if they're not struggling because they're not probably not going to tell you. Yeah, sometimes they don't tell anybody when they're struggling. Mm -hmm. But if they do decide to reach out and speak to you, believe them. Yes. Believe what they're telling you, even Mm -hmm. if it's different from your own experience, even if it seems so far out there, it could not be possible. Believe them because sometimes they just need to get it out. Sometimes they just need to allow it to be on someone else's shoulders for a moment Mm -hmm. so that they could not carry the heavy weight that they've been carrying. Mm -hmm. Well, I think most of us cannot really identify with some of the extreme behaviors, extreme situations. And I think so. We, people have a tendency to discount and think it's a, it's exaggeration. Maybe you're just not doing your job For as a sure. parent. Well, it's For like, sure. It was like just recently I, I was invited to, to preach at a church which has a tremendous ministry to recovering addicts mm-hmm. of all sorts. And so I knew as I was, I was going to be talking about family issues, I knew that these are people who had had unusual levels of struggle and you know you could however out of the limits of your norm or your experience but even then right before like the evening before i was speaking i was i was talking to one of our hostesses and she said well you know you need to understand a few things she started sharing levels of pathology i couldn't even imagine for sure i mean things that you know involving all sorts of legal ramifications and such i had to think I need to back up a little bit further than even I was uh, making allowance for. Right. Because mm-hmm. like you say, it's so far out of our own experience, we have a hard time even We have no frame of reference. To, to, we have nowhere to pocket it, nowhere to put it so we can understand it uh-huh. and, and, and be able to explain it in our own minds. Right. So can you tell me, what are the top unhelpful things mm. that parents and churches do for adoptive families? Well, I will tell you. Again, it's important to know that, especially brand new adoptions, it's important to know that that child is learning every second of every day to trust those parents. That child is learning and they need to be seeking their only comfort from their parents. Okay, we didn't learn that initially. So So we said, you hold them. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, you hold them. And we farmed out letting people hold them and care because it takes a village. Right. But that destroys the bond, okay. the family bond that they are trying to build. So maybe, so it's not helpful to say, let me give you respite. Let me it's take care of them for a while. It's, it's not helpful initially. Initially, they need to be the sole caregiver. They need to be the sole caregiver. In fact, 
It is recommended in many cases, especially when they're very, very young, that the adoptive families don't even leave their homes for six months, certainly go to work, but with the child so that the child learns, this is who I go to for comfort. This is who I go when I'm scared. This is who is going to feed me, clothe me, love me. Once that bond is established, then we can start to venture out and allow other people to, to come in. It seems extreme but, it but makes their sense trauma is it. extreme but you know it makes sense if you think about it because my children spent nine months yes. inside my womb not even seeing anybody else that's right just feeling it yeah. hearing it smelling it all of those things they were literally directly connected to you right so so offering to care for the adopted infant is not the help you even need. even just even saying i'll kids, just right? hold let me just hold your kid or I'll just, and you can welcome it. And if they're, if an adopted child is coming to you and seeking comfort, raising their hands, redirect them back to the adoptive family. Wow. It's not loving them. But some, we were told that yeah. because you won't let us yeah. hold your child, you're denying me wow. my given right to show brotherly affection to this child. I mean, that was literally said to me wow. when I said, no, please just only let me hold them. But the time is not right yet. But the time was not right yet. So is there anything else that you would say, just don't do this to friends and churches? There's so many different things that I would say. But one thing is, again, making sure that you allow the family their way of bonding, but also making sure that we are not giving regular parenting advice to these parents. That doesn't mean you can't encourage them, that you can't say you're doing a great job and those sorts of things. Or hand them a book. Or hand them a book. I think this would really benefit you in those cases. But we need to be careful not to normalize our parenting experience for their parenting experience, Mm -hmm. which may be very, very radically different. Well, here's the reality. In our own family, we had four biological children before we adopted. We had parented. I knew how to parent. I knew how to potty train a child. I knew how to feed a child. How old was your oldest when you first adopted? Our oldest was nine. Okay, so you've been around the track a few times. I had been around the track a few times. We had four boys at that time when we adopted. You probably felt pretty confident that you knew how to parent. 100% confident. In fact, as we tell in our story, I, I would say to the people that would maybe offer, well, be cautious of this. Be careful of this. Thank you, but we're good. We've got it. But little did I know, I had no idea that trauma existed. I had no idea that uh, mm-hmm. attachment would not automatically happen. And wow. it doesn't in all cases. It sometimes never does. And right. people who are potentially adopting or friends and family of people who are adopting have to realize that. For instance, you choose your spouse. Right. You don't just go, there's someone that looks nice. I want to marry them. Yes. Well, we do that with adoption. There's a beautiful child. I want to marry my life to this child. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that child does not doesn't want to be you. married to you and doesn't yeah. choose you. And then there's that tension that is forever there. And those of us who aren't experienced with trauma or with attachment disorders mm-hmm. have no idea that's even a possibility. Mm-hmm. So now tell me the most helpful things friends and family and church family can do. Again, and I I keep harkening back to this, but at the time during the trauma that we were enduring, which was enormous, anyone that I spoke to that listened and believed what I was saying, and I know we've said this, it was so crucial because here's the reality. There's really nothing you can do to change our circumstances. 
We have to walk through it. We have to develop the bonds. We have to put enforce the discipline and different things like that. But if I'm coming to you because I'm struggling and I'm pouring out my heart to you, if, if someone in your church or your family even has that where they feel safe, mm-hmm. because we never felt after people started condemning us and criticizing us and literally almost putting us under church discipline because they didn't understand what was happening oh, in our home. Ouch. I did not feel safe sharing with anyone. And that's really sometimes I needed to, it was extremely isolating. And I promise you, you have listeners right now who are extremely isolated. And it brings tears to my eyes because I know they're out there. And I don't want them to feel alone, which is why we created the website, why we share our story, and why we're having this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And so listen, listen and believe them and pray for believe them. Believe them and pray for them and, and if, support them. And if you want to give them respite, not don't take the child, bring them a meal. Yes. Cook their grass. Bring them, come over and yeah. and wash my laundry. Yes. Do things. Why? Why is that? Because That's I want to be hands on because a lot of people, listen, I want to make very clear there are a lot of people that have excellent intentions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. They don't want to step in. Oh, they, yeah. I want to help, and I want to be a part of this beautiful thing that is adoption. But until that solid bond is established between those parents and that adopted child, and that could take years, mm-hmm. quite yeah. frankly, until it's established, you coming over and saying, Shauna Lopez, I am going to do your dishes. I'm going to wash your laundry. You go over there and be with that child. Yes. And that, that's what's most helpful. That would have been... Again, believing yep. me yes, and coming and helping me. Physical help. Physical help because I'm exhausted. Physical help and emotional help for the parent so that the parent can be there for the child. That's right. Because That's only right. the parent can do that. Only yes. the parent. That's can. right. And only the parent should do that. We Again, we forget, lest we forget. Right. In the womb, you have all those time to bond. These adoptive children did not have that. In fact, yeah. they've never had it. So yeah. it's... It is literally foreign, and it's almost like their immune system is fighting it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that you're you're rebuilding something that other people are born with. Yes, and that's why yes. you can't just say, "Well, they're not acting like your average nine month old." No, they aren't your average nine month. They are not your average nine month old. That's exactly right. So, and, and I think that's the important thing to remember as our friends go through this, is that. The, and we were really cautious. We just did a new edition of Raising Real Men that's just being released soon. And one of the things that we looked at is in talking about how to discipline kids, we had to say, but if you're dealing Caveat. with a child who's been through mm-hmm. trauma, this does not apply the same way. Yes. Because it doesn't apply the same way because it, their brain chemistry is different. And we have a list of things on our website, a list of helpful tips that people, friends, family, church members can do and not do on our website. So there's resources there, too, for adoptive families, for families in the throes of this. We understand. We're here for you. And you are not alone. And you don't have to isolate. Hmm. Okay. So... um what percentage, uh, what percentage of adoptions would you say are as traumatic as you've experienced? Was well, yours, uh, are you was yours, about a, or do you think there's just a tiny ma- amount? No. There's a huge amount? There, here's what I do know. Everybody knows this. If you think it through, yeah. every adoption starts with trauma. Right. So every right. adopted child has some degree some of trauma, trauma in right. their life. 
it manifests itself differently in certain families. It also manifests itself differently for parents who only have adopted children versus parents who have biological children with adopted. So there's all different sorts of factors, but with 100% certainty, every adoption has some level of trauma that they're dealing with. Okay. Every single one. And that sounds outrageous. Well, it, it is not. It does, but what we've seen in our friends, we have a lot of adoptive, friend, adoptive families as friends, that sometimes even you don't even see that trauma coming out to their adults. Right. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. And For so, sure. Or teenage years when yeah. hormones start to go, yeah. then everything sort of kicks in high gear. And where on earth is this coming from? Oh, that's just regular teen behavior. If they're adopted, consider outside of that as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. deal, understanding the regular teen behavior will, can help. Certainly. Understanding what, what you see with normal kids can help. You understand what part of it. Right. Trauma, what part of it is just hormones. And here's the reality is people think that it's sort of a, a, a put down that we're putting these children. No. It, it's it, different is not a put down. Different is not worse or better. It's just different and must be handled differently. Well, you know, I, I think there's I think if you were adopting a child who had an obvious physical disability. Right. They had some sort of chronic illness. They had some sort of physical incapability and you were adopting and knowing that you were going to be dealing with That's a child right. with this, with this issue. You go in knowing. You go in there knowing. So people, you want to go in educated and, and you people, make accommodations. And, and yeah. And, and, right. you say, and you say, Hey, you know, your, your sister is going to have to be treated differently because she, yes. that's the way that she is. Yes. And, and there's, it, it doesn't say any criticism of the adopted child. It doesn't say criticism right. of the biological children, but just to say they're different people. They need different treatment. And what you're saying is an awful lot of kids that look perfectly average yeah. on the outside right. are not where are they, not. not where you, they, you'd, you'd like them are to be. Are completely different. And, and they are different on the inside, emotionally, mentally. They need they need different treatments. Well, well, and that goes to, that goes for even people on the outside looking in. Whereas yes. I can look at you and I can see, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a disability. Right. I can see a physical disability. Mm-hmm. I know that child has limitations. Mm-hmm. I know that child has to have certain uh, mm-hmm. help extended to them that right. that mm-hmm. a normal child wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And the, but you don't see that. This is an invisible. Disability. It's an invisible disability. And I do want to say in closing, because we're out of time, mm-hmm. is that we know lots and lots of strong, healthy, Amen. godly adults who were adopted. Amen. And thank God for their adopted families. Mm-hmm. And we want you guys to adopt if the Lord's calling and we, you to And it. choose life. Yeah, and all choose life, life is precious. And yes. these lives we're talking about, absolute mm-hmm. precious. But learn how to do it in a way that will bless this ch- the child and bless you. That you can all survive this. You can all survive it. it. You can all survive it. But this is, again, for help. Adoptionishard.com. We're there. We're here for you. We'll come and we will surround you and love you and walk you through it. Shauna, I just want to thank you for coming on with us and talking about this. I think we might have to have some more conversations about this in the future. I'd love it. Okay. Well, look, Shauna, thank you again. I, I agree with Melanie. We really appreciate your transparency and openness and your, your heart to minister to other families yes. who may be struggling. So uh, we've been talking with Shauna Lopez at adoptionishard.com and hope that you'll check out her website if you have any interest at all in this, either for your family or for family in your circle of friends. So until next time when we gather together, we're going to talk about taking biblical principles in the 21st century family. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye.
You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.